0: Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Now the disciples had wanted to know, how do we pray? How do we pray like you, Jesus? This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. How many of you know that by heart? Some version, your version may be different. How old were you when, you when you learned this? Shout out to me some thoughts on when you learned the Lord's Prayer. 10 okay? Sunday school, grandma teach you. Um, I remember seeing this. You know, this is pretty, one of those pretty common things that our grandparents had uh, on little plaques, little things all around the house. I remember seeing that. Um, Now remember, BJ did not, I was not raised in church, so I sure did not learn this in church. Um, Oddly enough, I learned this my freshman year of high school because our basketball coach made us recite this, I wouldn't say made, we recited this before every game. We circled up. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And then we would turn, and then we would come back in and do the screen. Every ball game for four years. So I kind of owe Coach Treadway uh, an apology because I've told you guys before that what a, a great influence he was in my life, but I didn't really know it was a Christian influence until years later. But as I began to prep for this sermon, I thought, he's the one that taught me this prayer though. Like that's where I learned it. And you notice I use trespasses. Anybody else? Isn't that crazy? But yet you look through all the versions and I couldn't even find it. I went to King James Version, I couldn't even find it. And and it's because it's really a more old, old, old school kind of version. So we all probably have those memories, where we learned it, how we learned it. Maybe your family recited it. Maybe Sunday school teachers taught it to you. You know, prayer has just been on my heart so much lately. Every time I turn on... Social media. I had to just sort of shut out social media this week um, and really filter. Because life is crazy. Like, it's crazy, crazy. And I, I, I told Brittany in a conversation this week, I said, really, I said, I'm not sure if it's really any crazier. We just have phones and cameras and news and social media that, you know, I began to share things with her from my high school days that look very similar to what we see now. Um, you know, I, I come from high school background of having four young men commit suicide in a month's time in our school, one of them in the classroom. Um, gun violence, it's always been there, you know. Um, but my question was, all this craziness, how do we fix it? And honestly, this is why I had to shut down my social media this week. It wasn't because of the news stories that breaks my heart, that makes that makes my heart cry for people. But it's because everybody has an opinion of how we need to fix it. And if you're not doing it by their opinion, then you're wrong. You're you're not you're not anyway. So I I thought, how do you fix it? And I thought, it just depends on who you're talking to these days because everybody has an opinion. But then I had this song that has just been on repeat this week. I I put it on Facebook. Sandy might have been the only one brave enough to listen to it because it's like seven or eight minutes long. Um, And I wish there was a shorter version, Sandy. Um, It's a live production of it, so that's one reason it's so long. But if you if you saw it, it's called talking to Jesus. It's by a uh, what is elevation, elevation. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those Sundays. Elevation Church in Maverick City sings it, and uh, it's just been stuck on repeat. Um, Brittany, I listened to it on the way to church this morning, didn't I? To get me started. Um, and I think she was thinking I should have drove my own car because mama's music is too loud for me. And this isn't like a loud, by the way, if you want to go back and listen to it on Facebook, it's not a loud jamming kind of song. You know, that's that's not one of mine and Bo kind of songs. It really is just a good worship song. Um, and it, you know, so it's a little long, but it just really hit all the feels for me this week. Some of the lyrics in it. Um, the first... The first verse in there talks about grandma used to pray out loud by her bed every night. To me, it sounded like mumbling. Come on, phone. Sounded like mumbling, like she was out of her mind. Okay, anybody got a memory of grandma like that? Because this, this brought up a memory I had totally forgotten about my grandma. Of course, grandma, you know, she went to church. But by the time my memories functioned, grandma was pretty much homebound. And I can remember sitting in her living room, and those lips are moving. And I just sort of hear mumbling. And I remember thinking, Grandma's out of her mind. Like, I think the senile stuff has set in. It wasn't until I was older that I realized Grandma was sitting there talking to Jesus. Grandpa's already passed, you know, she's at the end of her age, and, and she's just talking to Jesus. And this song reminded me of that. And it says, Grandma said, boy, this kind of praying is what saved my life. You ought to try it sometime. And he said, I know she was right. Then it went on. Some of you moms, you're going to appreciate this. Some of you kids are going to say amen. Mama used to drag me to church Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Khaki pants and a polo shirt. Boy, I put up a fight. She said, son, one day you'll thank me for having God in your life. And yeah, I know she was right. How many of you mama drug you to church? You better raise your hand. Yeah. (laughs) Bo James back there. Yeah. Yeah. But mama was right. Maybe that's why I like this song, Brittany. Mama was right. He says, my mama was right because now I'm talking to Jesus. She got me talking to Jesus. And then it goes on and it talks about... Him having kids of his own, trying to raise them up right. And it talks about his son, who's 15, and, and comes in and, and says, Dad, you know, he, he catches dad praying, and, get, and he says, Dad, I'll, I'll come back later. I can tell you got a lot on your mind. And he says, oh, no, you picked the perfect time. I was just talking to Jesus. Come on in and give it a try. And they started talking to Jesus. The disciples had seen Jesus pretty regularly go away and, and be by himself, right? When the crowds would come in and he would have to take a moment to go up on the mountain or go out in the wilderness to just just spend some time in prayer, right? So they've, they've seen him pray. They know what it is to watch him pray. And, and prayer was not a new thing. Guess what? We're not introducing a new concept today. You know, prayer was not new to the disciples. They, they've seen priests who would pray over the ceremonies. They've, they've probably recited their own Jewish prayers. But when they saw Jesus pray, they sensed something was really different. Something was really different. And so they said, teach us how to do that. We want to pray like you do and I think we probably can relate to that because maybe you grew up in the church maybe prayer is not something new to you but as we get older we also can begin to distinguish between reciting a prayer and talking to Jesus those are two different things See, my my high school years, for four years, I recited a prayer. But I never knew what that was all about. And so it wouldn't be till college till I learned to talk to Jesus. So let's talk about how Jesus told them to pray then today. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The very first thing that Jesus teaches them is that God is our father. Now sometimes we have to struggle with that because some of us our earthly dads didn't always leave the best example of what a father is. So right now I want you to wrap around Romans 12:2 and I want you to renew your mind to understand what the heavenly father is to us. You see, the Gentile culture of the day, they were used to calling Zeus their father, right? They would have had their Greek mythology of Zeus. The Jews, they they would have held a father figure to high esteem. So this wording, Jesus knew exactly what he's talking about. But I love that he said, our father. I want you to think about that, that phrase for a minute. Our father, that's pluralistic but if you were the only person on a deserted island, would you still say that? Or would you say my father? Just think about that. I mean, nobody else is around. It's just you. Made me think about, you know, times I've prayed. But here's, here's what I want you to understand. When, when you say our father, who art in heaven, it now connects us to every other believer in the world. So much brokenness in this world is because people feel alone. Even sitting in this room, I guarantee there's a third of you that still feel alone. You're thinking, nobody sees me, nobody really knows me. They don't understand what I'm going through. But Jesus says, our Father. And this connects us not just to people you see around you, but this connects us to people in the past that served the same God. This connects us to every believer in the present time and the believers in the future. And believers around the world. We are a global church. We are not the church of Wix. We are the church of the Nazarene in Wix. And we are brothers and sisters to the Baptist church and the Methodist church. Do you understand? They're praying to the same God we are. Our Father who art in heaven. We're connected. I even had Bo, Bo, those um, slides I gave you. Our Father in heaven. What's the next one, Bo? Miss Maria, I hope you're watching from home. Padre nuestro que estás en los cielos. She can critique me later if I got it wrong. But you see, they're still praying to our Father in heaven. We're connected and hallowed. Oh, not a word we use in daily. Shelly, have you ever used that as word of the day? She will now. <laughs> Teach them kids. Teach them kids hallowed. Come on. Hallowed isn't a word we use in our daily conversation. But as I was looking at the prayer, maybe that's a good thing. You know, sometimes things can become too common to us. And sometimes when we're talking about God, we need a word that just connects to him. So that we begin to understand the importance of it. Because to hallow is to... Handle carefully because of the worth of God's name. God is holy. The NLT version of this, if you have it, says, May your name be kept holy. That's pretty big because even in times of grief and tragedy, Lord, that we see, can we just pray that your name will be kept holy, Lord? Pray for those who honor God's name in the middle of persecution and suffering because we want people to know our God is a holy God. How awesome our Father is, even in the bad. And that, that can be hard sometimes. That can be hard. Next thing we see, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is a conversation. I've always said that to when we are with the teens, and and I I continue to say it. Prayer is a conversation. That's it. But be careful that the conversation isn't one-sided. Because too often we may run down to, y'all see them? Altars. Look at that. We may run down here and, and it's me, 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 me. <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, hear, me, hear me the right way. God wants us to bring our burdens to him. But a conversation needs to be two-sided. You know what I'm talking about. You, you know those people that when you get in a conversation, you try to get out of that conversation as fast as you can because they do all the talking and you know, it ain't no fun. And I love Jackie's face. I don't know who she just thought of, but she thought of Somebody. You know what I'm talking about. When when you're just like, yeah, I know your life is rough. uh, uh, And they never ask, how are you doing, Diane? (laughs) Right? Remember that when you're praying with God. Like He wants you to bring those burdens and lay them down. But then He wants to say, How you doing, Brittany? Can we just talk a minute? Because he's your father. He wants to have that conversation. Your kingdom, Lord. Your will. That's a big word. Yours, not mine. Because too many times we really go to God and say, okay, God, here, here's my kingdom, here's my will, this is what I want done. Like, here's the problem, here's the solution. Stamp it. Just tell me it's okay right there. Instead of asking... God, what's your will? What do you want to see happen in this to bring you glory? So, praying for global evangelism when we're talking about around the world is praying what God desires more than anything. God wants to bring his people back to him, that's his kingdom. The obedience to his will restores his kingdom on earth. And I was thinking of that sentence and I thought, restores his kingdom on earth. Oh yeah, because remember in the garden when everything was holy and perfect? And then sin messed it up. And ever since then, he's been trying to restore his kingdom. He's been trying to bring his people back to him. His kingdom. Problem is, his kingdom is at odds with so many other kingdoms in this earth. That's why when I turn on the news, it's a mess. Because there's too many kingdoms that have nothing to do with God's kingdom. And God's kingdom cannot be found on Google Maps. Man, we should have tried that. Somebody. Somebody. I just dare you. Hey, Siri, where's God's kingdom? I'm looking at my Apple girl over here. Hey, Google, where's God's kingdom? I should have tried that. Might have scared me, though. So where is God's kingdom? If I can't find it on Google Map, how do I get there? God's kingdom is here. When you believe in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit living in you, that's God's kingdom living inside of you. That's what... He's trying to redeem. It's the heart. And guess what? The more hearts in this world that give priority to God's will, the more God's kingdom will come to this earth. Amen, church? That's what's going to fix it. That requires obedience and sometimes waiting. You know, Reverend Fernando Almeida, he served in our European Nazarene College. He said, we need to realize that for God's will to come, we need to surrender to his leading as well as his timing. Ugh, hate that last part. I don't wait very well. Like, I've told you guys this before. I don't wait very well. Like, but sometimes we do. Sometimes prayers are not answered instantaneously. Sometimes they're not even answered this year. Amen. Sometimes it takes a while. And that's hard. But if we want to see change, we got to continue to pray for people that not only they say yes to God, because, you know, we're, we're a sending church. We, we are a missional church. We know that it's a global thing. But church, we also have to be a following church right here, right now. Us as well. God's kingdom. Your kingdom come, Lord. Daily bread. Sorry, Paula. Talking about bread again. <laughs> Give us today our daily bread. You know, going without bread, especially here in our country, it's really more of an inconvenience or a choice. You know, storms are coming, you got to go get your loaf of bread. I don't even know what that is. Or we eat a certain diet so we don't eat bread, right? More power to you, Paula, cause. I have no control over that one. I need my bread, I need my pasta. But do you understand there's 821 million people in this world that don't have enough to eat? So I believe when Jesus is praying about this, he does talk about physical needs. He knows there are physical needs. And guess what? If somebody's hungry, they can't hear the gospel because if you've ever been in that point of hunger, you know. We had a trip one time where the teens, we got out really late. I don't know if Bo was on this trip or not. Yes, he is. See, we we traumatized these kids. We got out of the meeting kind of late, and they were so ready to go eat. Well, back then we used to take up an offering called the Haiti Hot Lunch Program, and the kids supported it monthly. It was based solely on their giving. And when we got out of this meeting, they were just, because we were really like, few hours past lunch. And so they were just starving. I remember when we got to the restaurant, Thomas just kept the van doors locked. He goes, how hungry are you? Oh, we're dying. We're dying. We got to, we got to eat. We got to eat. We got to eat. He just picks up something and passes it back. He said, there's kids in Haiti hungry too. We took up a Haiti hot lunch offering right there in the church van and wouldn't let them out until we had enough to cover the monthly, which it was only like What, $10 a month, I think, is all we needed to raise. It wasn't much, you know. And they were so starving, man. They were throwing money like crazy in that cup. Yeah. But see, it stuck with them. To remember what it feels like to be hungry. But church, there's a larger group in this world that are spiritually hungry. That need Jesus Christ. And this is... Harder to address sometimes. I I found this story. I'll try to just paraphrase. Evie Gardner, when she was serving in Kenya, she said that they had a feeding program there in Kenya to help because of the droughts and things, and they were feeding the locals. And the chief was curious, not a believer. He wanted to, he wondered why the church of the Nazarene was being so nice to his people. He was skeptical. So he began to inquire about the church of the Nazarene and what they were doing, and uh, they gave him tracks and just different information about the church, about the gospel, about why they were feeding his people. Local pastors and, and relief coordinators, they kept reaching out to him, and it took about a year of contact with the chief and he was so impressed with the church of the Nazarene, he gave his life to Jesus. He became a follower of Christ. And soon after that, he felt the call to be a pastor and began the course of studies that they had and, and began pastoring a church that a work and witness team had built years before in that area. Said today we call him Pastor Chief John. And he still mentors young people that are called to ministry in that area. And it all started with feeding hungry people. So when we randomly love on our community, it's for the glory of God. Because somebody may ask, why are you people so nice all the time? Like, why, why do y'all do this? You know, pray for the physical hungry, but also the spiritually starving. And then also, when you're praying this prayer, "Give us our daily bread." Pray for yourself that you stay daily nourished. Hello, reading Bible plan. How's that going, church? Just checking on you. We are over a quarter of way through. Isn't that awesome? I thought of that the other day, and I thought that's we're past. It's all smooth sailing, Diane says. From now, we're past Leviticus. I don't know, some of this stuff gets even tough now, I'm, I'm telling you. But you have to be spiritually nourished daily. God, give us our daily bread. Who is the bread of life? Jesus Christ. So if this is the only bread you've gotten this week, I hope you're hungry the rest of the week until you pick it up. Daily nourishment. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So if you've memorized this, and many of you raised your hand, if we know this prayer, and it's more than just reciting memory verse work, man, we should be the most forgiving people in the world. We should be. But are we? Man, this is one we struggle with. We, we want God to forgive our sins, our debts, But man, we sort of speed right past that second part, don't we? As we. And I noticed in this version it says, as we have. That actually makes a a pretty huge difference in the wording there because the way I learned it in the old school version, as we forgive. In other words, God, I'm still working on it. How many of us do that? God, forgive my sins and and I'm working on, because God, I don't even like that person very much. I said this the other day, I said, I love them. I just don't like them right now. <laughs> that was bad, wasn't it? I was like, God, you know, Jesus tells me I have to love them. I just don't like them, you know? And then we, get, we said, well, we're human. Like, we, we can't forgive like God does. You're right, we can't, but with God in us, we can. Because forgiveness is not about how we feel. It's about what God tells us to do. God when I'm praying, please forgive me, and bring to mind the other person I need to forgive. And you've got to understand, forgiveness doesn't always change the situation. Whatever makes you not like them, that may still be there, and they may not like you either. Forgiveness is you letting go of the bitterness and the hurt and the anger that's hurting you, not them. Because <laughs> most of the time, they probably, they're not even thinking about us. So forgiveness is, is what God asks us to do. So we, we recite these words, but what if we live them? What if we learn to talk to Jesus? I found this story, Ronald Miller, who is our missionary in South Africa, that is our Lynx missionary. Um, You'll remember early in the pandemic last year, I had him and Shelly, remember, make us a video of how life was in South Africa. Um, He talks about back in the 1990s when he was working predominantly with the Africans um, at at a church camp. And now you have to know the history, the apartheid that happened in South Africa, very similar to our own uh, racial issues and divides that only changed in like the 70s. So it's still pretty fresh. You know, we've shared before Brittany's, you know, she got her little car pulled over and they thought the people taking her to her house that she was staying in over there was kidnapping her because they were people of color and she was white. I mean, it's just... We, we, we can relate to this. So Ronald shares that he's at this church camp and he said, you know, it, it was very obvious. He, you know, they were in a group of multiracial people and he said, we were experienced, because Ronald's a black man and, and we're experiencing the subtle discrimination like they knew, they felt that they were not wanted at this camp. And so one night they had an activity planned to go ice skating, And this kind of irritated him because he's like, I'm from South Africa. You don't ice skate in South Africa. Like, who planned this? Like, really? You know, our our people don't do this. So he decided to forego going to the ice rink. But his other campers, the people with him, they decided to go. And so he honestly stayed behind. He's praying. He's he's praying to God about just this unrest and everything that's been going on. And, you know, he's feeling that just... "Mm." And he says, God, what do I do about this? God said, You forgive them. Hmm. So, as God is dealing with him on forgiveness, uh, the group comes back. And, of course, he's expecting the worst. Like they've been, you know, they've been feeling the unrest all week, the divide in race. And so, while he's dealing with this issue with God in prayer, the group comes back, and all he hears is laughter. And they had had a really great time together. He said, it took an ice rink to break the ice. <laughs> he said, but I saw God moving in there. And he said, honestly, some of my closest friends are still from that camp that year. Why? Because we're forgiven to forgive. The grace you have received is the grace you need to give out. It's not an option. It's an invitation. You want to experience God's kingdom? We just got through praying, your kingdom come. Then you've got to forgive as he forgave. And some of us, we've been carrying around those hurts for a lot of years, and we haven't forgiven. Some of us, it's as fresh as yesterday and whatever happened. Some of us, it's whatever we saw on Facebook, and man, it just really irritated us. Forgiveness is what we're called to do forgive us our debts Lord as we forgive debts against us verse 13 lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one now this is not about not being tempted I, I, I hate to break some bad news to you but some of you have some really bad theology going on because you think, because you're a Christian, that now nothing bad's gonna happen to you. And we are never promised that. At least, at least not in my Bible. Tell me if you've got a version different. Because Jesus says, you know, you've seen some hard times, but it's gonna get harder. He says people will hate you because you love him. We see Paul who says, Lord, I've prayed and prayed, and and you've not taken away this physical thorn in my side. We see all of this. Now, God wants us to bring, you know, we pray. We prayed for specific people this morning. He wants us to bring those prayers. We see healing in the Bible, that's just as real. But when you're praying this verse, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, it's about God giving you the strength to resist temptation. What does that look like in everyday life? Well, I can tell you this. As a pastor, when the hard days hit, I've been tempted to think, what would life be like if I could go back before I said yes to ministry? What if I could just love... A regular life without ministry. What does temptation look like when we're sick and we're tempted to say God doesn't love me because he let this happen? Church, you are so loved by your heavenly father right now. You will never be loved more or less than you are right now. Through the good, through the bad, his love is consistent for you. You are the apple of his eye. But we get tempted. God, why why didn't, why didn't you do something with this? What else does it look like? When someone hurts us, we're tempted to fight back and defend ourselves. Maybe this is just me, but that's one of those very early things God began dealing with me was my mouth. Because growing up with older brothers who were 10 years older than me, I couldn't physically fight them. So I outsmarted them. I outmouthed them. (laughs) But then God began to say, me and my big mouth, we need to do something about this. (laughs) Put a filter in there so that we can stop (laughs) what starts stirring so it doesn't come out like a dragon's breath. But man, that's a temptation. But when we're praying this, deliver us, Lord, from this temptation. Remind us, God, that you're the one that called us. Whatever, if you're in ministry Wherever you're at in your job or work, if you're a mama at home with your kids, God called you to that. Fight that temptation of saying I'm not enough. Remind us that we're always loved by you and this earth is not our home. So when, when sickness comes, when death comes, when grief comes, remind us, God, this is not my home. And that's why it's so important that we know Jesus Christ. Then you, you live in that peace of knowing. You know what I'm talking about. We, we know people that when, when they're dying and, and you know, we're the ones more upset than they are. Why? Because they think, wow, I'm going home. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I'm going home. And yes, it's easier when they're older than when they're younger. But they're still home. That's a good thing. Lord, help me fight that temptation that I think Mm -hmm. this is the most important thing. When someone hurts us and we're, we're tempted to fight back, remind us to forgive, like we just said in the verse before, forgive as we've been forgiven. Our Father, deliver us for the glory and the power of God's kingdom. For the glory and the power of whose kingdom? God's kingdom. You see, Jesus was having to refocus these disciples because, again, they had a different version of what they were hoping the Messiah was going to come do. And it wasn't playing out. Church, we do the same thing. We get a version of what we want God to come to. And then it doesn't play out. So as you recite this, remember whose kingdom, whose glory, whose power. You, Lord. You, Lord. When we pray for the world that God God loves, that everyone will hallow God's name. Keep it holy. They'll do his will. They'll live in his kingdom priorities. They'll receive his daily bread. They'll live with a forgiven heart. They'll they'll be led away from temptation that is going to make them move further away. Those are the prayers God wants us to pray and that he wants to answer. Our world needs us, church, to pray this until you and I can live it. The things that disturb us on these phones, the only thing that's going to change it is when you and I begin to live this prayer. And that's tough. Man, I just blew some of y'all up. Y'all are just looking at me like, I thought that was just something that hung on my grandma's wall. <laughs> no, Jesus said this is this is how we do it. And I think it's time for us to rise up and pray to Our Father, our Father that is here in Wicks, Arkansas, our Father who, Lord, we want you to move in all the churches in this community for revival. Our Father here in Arkansas, Lord, will you just move? Our Father, Lord, in the United States of America, we want you to move, Lord, your glory, your power, your kingdom. Our Father around the world. When you give to Easter offerings and different things that Amy Jo puts before you, it's because our Father is moving in this world. Dear Heavenly Father, we come this morning, and I just want us to take a moment before we rush out of here and and spend a day with families, Lord. And and I, I know that's a good thing on the Sabbath, but God, we need to talk to you this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the memories that you brought to me this week of seeing my grandma pray. And I know she was praying over her family. Lord, and I I thank you for the memories of remembering dragging my kids to church. (laughs) But God, they know where to go now when they need to talk to Jesus. God, I pray that over my families today that are here in this congregation at home in their home churches, God. I thank you for the families that are continuing that. Showing their kids, showing their grandkids. Man, it doesn't even matter what age we are. Whether it's a a young family sitting here today or, or if you're the grandparents, you still set the example of how to talk to Jesus. Lord, I thank you that Jesus gave us this prayer. We don't have to pray it word for word. We just have to know and understand what he wanted us to do. First of all, he wanted us to know that we're all connected together. Our Father who art in heaven. Somebody today, Lord, they feel alone. May they just know the person beside them is praying for them right now. Mm. Lord, I know that we understand your grace in our own lives. God, may we be better examples of how to live that grace, giving it out to others. God, we can continue a legacy today of talking to Jesus, or Lord, we can start a new legacy today of talking to Jesus. It wasn't my my parents that taught me, Lord, but it was the family of God that taught me. So we can always start today. Lord, I I pray for my own family, my children, Lord, that they will continue to have conversations as they grow older, drawing near. God, I pray for the church around the world today. Let us remember today we are connected. Our Father. Our Father. Lord, we love you. And I'm so glad that we do have a friend in Jesus. (laughs) That we can come to here on a Sunday morning, but God, on Monday morning, on Monday night, on Friday morning, God, you are there to listen. But you're there to also have a conversation back. Thank you, Lord, that you were listening when I had conversations that I didn't know how to pray. (laughs) I just said, I think I need a Savior. There was no fancy prayer. There was nothing like that. But you heard and you answered. And you began to lead. And I pray that for your people today. Whatever burdens are laid down, God, may they leave them there when they leave And may we leave here with the joy of the Lord in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, I love you. Go have a beautifully blessed day and be a blessing to someone else. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.